recording from my mother's basement like the true blogger I am. You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast with your host, Alston and Gio. Hey, Jeffrey. Hey, Alston. Do you know the players with uh, number 24 last season had some pretty interesting names? I thought we already did this like intro type player. talking about players. There were some really cool players. Really cool named players with uh, number 24. Okay. Do you know Can you listen are, for me? Do you know who are number 24 on the Rangers? 24 on the Rangers? Yeah. Um, no idea. Not off the top of my head, no. Boo Neebs. <laughs> okay. I, I bet you when he gets on the ice, if, uh, if he's intimidating, he just skates up to guys and goes, Boo. Do you think he... Th- did he ever get to play on Halloween before? I have no clue. Maybe. He probably, I think like the coach puts him in fourth line center just on Halloween. I mean, Jeff I hope Gordon. he's not playing center. Wait, why? I mean, he is a center, but he is a center, but he sucks at that face Well, I mean, he's not a really good player either, either so I mean... <laughs> do you know, do you know how, you what his face-off win percentage was last season? Uh, 41. 38.8. Well, how many faceoffs did he take? Maybe he didn't take a he lot. He took. Right? I've never had to look up Booney's stats in my life. One second. Well, that's going to be your search history from now on. Booney. He took 100 and. 100 and. 30, oh, no, he took. What's 88 plus 139? <laughs> It should be seven, right beside it. Two, one, two, two, seven. He took two hundred twenty-seven face-offs last season. So not a lot. So maybe two hundred something. That's not a lot. It's not a lot, but like, it's still a, a, a respectable sample size. Is it? How many did Patrice Bergeron take? <sighs> Keep searching. Yeah, uh, Patrice. I think he took like a thousand. No. Is it how much like a normal? Player, well, he did. Like he took fifteen hundred last season. <laughs> yeah, two hundred twenty-seven. Small sem- like well, good sample size. My ass, man. Like that's that's a respectable that, sample size. Sorry, respectable, not a. So good it might not be size. good, but it's respectable. Okay, do you have any other cool names that were the number twenty-four before we stop the stupid intro? <laughs> I thought you were gonna make me guess the players, but well, okay. no, I, I, I just too excited to talk about Ruby Hints. Oh, Rupins. Uh, we'll see how he does this year. I mean, he might get knocked down the depth chart a little bit, but he might get to play with some of the new signings they got. So, maybe. But he's not the best player. Whoever's number 24. Okay. Do you know who wears, who's the best player that wears number 24? Can you give me the team? LA Kings. 24? Yeah. He's better than Kasperi Kapanen, Travis Hamannick. Matt Dumba, better than all of them. Is he a forward or a defenseman? Defenseman. Was it like? Is it like? No, it's not Derek Forbert. It is Derek Forbert, the oh, best. I take him over Matt Dumba any day of the week. Okay, you the you, dream team baby. Oh my god, maybe yeah. Well, why don't you go make your team of just number 24s? But, you know, that's. I think we're, we've gone off track. It's kind of late. I, I would have Derek Forbert's five of them and a Derek Forbert in net. Oh, God. 
actually said if we do another one of these if we did another one of these like who wore number 25 next week i don't think people were going to listen to us anymore we need to be a bit more creative there like um, i mean yeah the no one good wore number 25 last season right there's no kings that were number 25 so who cares okay yeah so does that mean can it can I get a guarantee, a promise from you that you're not going to start off with something like that next week? I'm not a man of guarantees. I'm, uh, no, I'm open to new ideas sometimes. But, um, you know, Jeffrey, sometimes maybe you should lead off the show then if you're being so picky. Okay, maybe maybe I will next week. But, you know, we're recording this episode right now. So maybe why don't you lead us into our first topic today? And with that, let's show, right. let's start the show proper. I have no idea. What's the topic? Well, you know, the one thing we were talking about before before the show started was, you know, the recent news was that Andrew Luck is retiring. I mean... That is true. He's kind of like Andrew Luck's... Is he a star player in the NFL? I, like he, he's at I'd least say like, so. I think he's a top-tier quarterback when healthy. Yeah, but like the key there you just said was when healthy. And today he's decided to retire... Because, I mean, he's played through a lot of injuries in his career. And I think he's just decided that well, it's not it, worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it sometimes. And just, he didn't have the motivation and, like, his health, you know, it's worth something, right? Yeah. And, like, I understand, like, I kind of understand, like, his position, right? Like, he doesn't feel healthy I anymore. Do. I, think, I think, you know, like, at the end of the day, the amount of money he's made, and you know, news came out that he doesn't need to return any of the money that he owes the team. I think at the end of the day, there's there's you know the extra twenty twenty million or ten million or whatever isn't really worth that much. You know, it's worth a lot for you know you and me, but for someone like him, it's really not worth that much, man. Like an extra, you know, the amount of money he's made over his career, it's, his health is worth more. Yeah, and like I, for most like athletes, right? They have that prime time where like they can earn like the money before, you know, once they retire, then they have to, you know, maybe move into do another job or something like that. But I think not just money, right? Like your like what you said, right? Like your health is just as important for your life, and like he's young, he's what twenty nine. I mean, he's still hopefully got like another fifty. 40, 50, 60 years of his life left, right? And if he, okay, like, you know. But, but let's let's get back on topic here. How does this relate to hockey? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? I mean, when's the last time we've heard of a player leaving their prime like this? I've got a pretty good example, but like, I'm going to hear what you've got. Uh, my example is actually a recent example. Uh, Mikhail Bourneval, he actually retired um, this year. On June 14th. You mean Michael Bourneval? Isn't it Bourneval? I don't know. Richard Bourneval. But okay. he's French. Is he French? Yeah. It's okay. It works well with my uh, Don Cherry character. They call okay. him Bourneval. But anyway, like, he, he's 27. I mean, he was a gifted player coming out of the queue. But, I mean, he wasn't like a... I guess you wouldn't call him like a star player coming out, right? But... Maybe it's not the best comparison to Andrew Luck, but this is a guy who's 27 who, you know, went through a lot of injuries, different injuries. It wasn't like a chronic injury. He had quite a few um, problems, he, always long-term injuries. He was always on road recovery. He never, I don't think he actually ever played a full season. But anyway, this year at the age of 27, he decided to retire. And, you know, I think he's, like, 
for a guy to retire at 27, playing, like, from, like, a, you call it a job, right? Like, being a hockey player, a job, and deciding to retire at such a young age and transitioning now back into, I guess you call it, like, adult life, right? Like, he's going to university yeah. now. He's, you know, t- teaching hockey at, like, a local um, seminary in Quebec. Like, you know, that's a hard transition to do. But, like, for someone who's realized, like, if they keep playing hockey at the NHL level, at the professional level, their body's going to continue breaking down, that maybe it's time to, you know, think about more more than just, you know, playing hockey. It's thinking about the rest of your life. He's ha- he's now has a he's a dad now as well, right? Like you got a kid, like there's more things to think about, and I think that's something we forget about hockey players, right? Like we understand that athletes are entertainers, but at the same time, they're just like me and you. They're humans at times, and they also have values about their own lives as well. So I don't know. I think that's that's my example. I mean, it's not the greatest because I guess I don't think you would consider Mikael Bunavell as a star. But what was your example going to be? Hey, Jeffrey, you're not going to be impressed with my, my example, okay? Okay. Because I think, I think you're going to think I'm cheating a little bit. But when this player retired, okay, he was a star. And he retired very young with for the, With the for LA hockey. Kings? Not with the LA Kings. Oh. But there is an LA Kings connection. Oh, God. Do we know where we're going here? Uh, I'm going to need a little bit more details. He was drafted by the Thrashers. Oh my god. Are you talking about Kovalchuk again? I am talking about <laughs> Kovalchuk. I mean, he technically retired, right? He well, filed retirement. Okay, he's, not, he's still playing. He's, he, is he on an NHL He's still playing right now. That's what I'm saying. Jeffrey, you won't be happy with this. And, but, like, he did retire. And he retired when he was pretty young. He didn't retire. He, he retired, he retired okay. from the NHL, but he didn't he retire from the paperwork. So he's retired. Well, retiring from the NHL and retiring from hockey are two different things, though, right? I mean, now you're just splitting hairs. Am I? Like, I get like the NHL is like a pretty big league, but you know, going over to the K KHL doesn't mean like you're retiring. You're just you know going working at another I mean, company, you right? Put in the paperwork. That's pretty. That's retirement. Well, I mean, like, okay, so if, okay, no, that's not a good example. I was thinking about, like, you know, if someone retires. Yeah, from, so I'm waiting, okay, yeah, what's an example you want to talk about? Well, I'm trying to think, right? Like, you don't see, no one, no one, you know, retires from their job to work the same job at another company, right? Yeah, because once they retire, they retire. Yeah. And he retired. No, he went to another. Sometimes they come back out of retirement and. And he could, and he doesn't like you know you come back out of retirement sometimes you know when you're bored you can uh, come back on retire on retire no you but you don't come back you don't go from retirement so we're talking about when he retired in what twenty twelve thirteen yeah and then goes to another we'll call it, I, I as my example like my analogy he's going to another company and working the same job so he's technically not retired he's just you know. Technically, he just you know handed his uh, two two week notice and then went to another job and then now he's back. So that's not that's not a good example to be honest. Come on. I mean, Jeffrey, what do people? What, so what? What's one of the bigger reasons why people retire? Um, age. 
Okay, what else? Health. Okay, one more. See if we can get this one. It's a pretty simple one. Family? There you go. Want to spend time with your family, right? Yeah. And that's what that's why Eli Kovalchuk retired. You know, he spent that and then realized, you know, maybe he doesn't want to spend as much time with his, his kids and he wants to go back play hockey. He unretired, but to do that, he retired first. He didn't retire from hockey. He retired from the NHL. I, I, I that's that's putting hairs. But either way, that's not an example of someone like retiring early. Like, is Andrew Luck coming back to play football? Or is he just going to be I playing? I believe he said he I believe he, he said. playing rec flag football maybe at his local rec center, right? He's not Can you guarantee be... that Andrew Luck won't come back? Is he going to the AFL? Or is he going to the CFL? No, he's... He, he's... he could. You never know. He could. He could go join the XFL. Maybe he's like, I'm a big WWE guy. I want to join anything Mr. Mr. McMahon's doing. And uh, you know what? I don't have the chops for the NFL. Uh, the sorry, NFL WWE, but uh, I like to play football. XFL it is. Okay, so uh, we'll, okay, we'll give it a year to see if that works. But you know, I think we're just going off topic here. I think the big thing here is just that. I mean, it's sad to see like stars retire. I guess right, like you know, like players in the prime of their careers, and then injury hits them, and then all of a sudden they're not able to you know play at the same performance. And for some players. Sometimes they try, right? They try to keep playing through their injuries. They still feel like they're a star. And then some some players, you know, make that decision that, no, they don't want to toil around and risk injuries anymore. They just feel like they need to retire. Like, I think, especially in the NFL, you see that a lot with running backs. I mean, running backs in the NFL retire at, like, what, 28, 29? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They get maybe, like, four four years and that of their career and then they're gone because their body's taking such a hit that there's no way they can keep like a they're considered too old as running backs compared to all the younger running backs coming in through the draft or be like their body's so broken down that like they can't even play anymore right so no okay so moving on Mm -hmm. what's the closest thing to a suspension for you to not Get, not playing games. Oh, you know what? I I bumbled the words. Okay. So we're getting because that's off suspension. That's okay. I just bumbled the words. It happens. Okay. Four years seems uh really excessive, does it not? Well, I mean, is cocaine illegal? It is, but you know, compared to, I don't know. Nicholas Backstrom when he was suspended for the Olympics. Yeah. For performance enhancing substance. Yeah. Was that one game though? One game. Right. Okay. So and he got the he got the silver medal too. Right? But oh, yeah, you're telling me that, yeah. one game versus four years. I get it, it's illegal. But the video doesn't show him actually snorting cocaine. Is cocaine? Sorry, not cocaine. White substance just hanging out at, on his table, right? Yeah, it's not. It's illegal to possess it, but I wouldn't say it's illegal to be around it. Well, I mean, I think maybe again, I, I'm not advocating for cocaine use. 
Yeah, like I feel like it's it's you have to make an example, right? Like you can't let someone like that just slip by sometimes, right? Like oh yeah, I'm okay with the suspension, but why not like a you know like a four game suspension? Well, as if you're four year suspension. True. I, yeah, I think four years is definitely a little bit excessive. Like, well, I mean, like, like for example, I get it. Like you, this year's World Championships, whatever. Yeah. He. Uh, even if he is invited, he can't go. I get it. Yeah. But four years seems really excessive. And it's not like the Olympics are in four years if you want to suspend it for the Olympics. Well, I mean, that's if they even go to the, to the Olympics, right? Yeah. So, like, this doesn't, this doesn't sanction him for, for the World Cup. The NHL test said that they're not going to suspend him. Yeah. Well, so like, I think you just have to make like. I think it's just more. It, it definitely is a jump. Like, I think the only time I ever hear about suspensions in the IHF is like you know, a dirty hit in a world championship. Well, I mean, game a few of the Swedish game. players got a few of the Swedish players got in trouble for tossing the silver medals, right? Yeah, but like, that's more like unsportsmanlike, right? Like, uh, and they got two games. Yeah, so. Four years is definitely excessive, but I think like they felt like the need to crack down on it almost like they felt the need they had to like bring down the hammer on him and four years. Okay, but how okay? How many games are there in a world world championship round robin? Uh, isn't it six? Six. Okay, that works on my point. Six. Let's say out of four years, he goes two years. Right. That's twelve games. Let's say Olympics, he plays six as well. Right, yeah. that's eighteen games. Yeah, is this is his cocaine eighteen times worse than uh, Nicholas Backstrom's using performance enhancing drugs? I don't think it's eighteen times worse. No, but like I don't know. I'm trying to think of comparables because, but it's hard, really right? Aren't because like... okay, because if you look before. You know, the age of social media, the, these things wouldn't leak, right? Like, no. I'm sure cocaine was being used in the 80s in hockey players. These yeah. things wouldn't leak. But in social media, I don't think there's been a comparable case. No, but, like, are there any, have you, I can't think of a situation, like, another scenario. I was like just wondering to be like Mike Richards with, uh, with the Kings after he went under the influence and crashed his car. Yeah. Like, That's your closest comparable, but Mike Ridges was not suspended for four years. Well, not from not by the IHF. Yeah. Was he like was he, he suspended? Because that wasn't not an incident with like during the world, like the with like the hockey federation, right? That was more like with the NHL. Well, at the so, same time, I mean, like technically, technically, where's that gray area? Right? It's like so if, you know Mike Richards and his. His uh, car incident, his drug incident, could the IHF technically suspend him? Um, right, like there's no real like whatever. It's an example if if so. Austin Watson got in trouble for domestic abuse. Could the IHF suspend him? I don't get why they suspend him in this scenario, not other scenarios. Yeah, like. Well, the big thing was like he was suspended because they found it in his 
like during a doping control during the IHF, right? Like it wasn't like it like he he, he was found like not doping, but like he was found like when you know they do the doping test, right? They found cocaine yeah. in the system, right? So and it's a prohibited substance. So I mean I think I, I think even like in like track and field where like doping is like crazy, it's only a year. It's like your first doping yeah. violation is one year. I would say, you know, if you're doping, I'd say in the sport sense, it's yeah. worse because you're intending to cheat and to cheat the sport. Yeah. He is just stupid and he wasn't intending to cheat the sport. Well, and sometimes being there. stupid, sometimes being stupid is worse than being, trying to cheat. Yeah, but he's they're penalizing him for being stupid. Yeah. I don't think they should. They should be penalizing him when he's trying to cheat the sport, which I understand he's trying to cheat the sport. That's different. Mm-hmm. See, like honestly, like, I think I think the more interesting case, like on top of just you know the IHF suspending him for four years, which you know definitely is a long time, but trying to see what the NHL's stance is going to be. Like the NHL is saying they're not going to suspend because that's saw. Well, I mean, and, I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. You don't think there's a couple players out there, more than a few players out there who are uh, who who are who are taking drugs? You know, early twenties. They got a lot of money. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. I'm not going to speculate on names. I don't think that's appropriate, but I wouldn't be surprised. Let's be honest. With that. Yeah, that's true. And like, honestly, I think at the same time, right? Like the event that thing happened at. The NIHF event, right? It didn't happen mm-hmm. during the NHL, so I don't think the NHL feels obligated. I mean, they might provide supports or something like that. I think. I mean, like, that's I think yeah, they have a substance abuse like program, but and that's yeah. like confidential though, so you never really tell. Yeah, you never so know that'll be behind. You know, I think the last player that we heard that that was confirmed to, that was in it was um, Zach Cassian. I think he was he was in it, or he was yeah. offered help to be in it. Yeah, um, so like he, he had an incident as well. Yeah, so like there'll be people like, so yeah, like I think, I think four years is definitely too much. I think you agree with me. Four years is also a bit excessive, but I think you know, you like I think basketball. I mean, hockey is probably one of the one sports where doping doesn't really happen. Like, there's not very lot of controversies. That's a the NBA. I feel is also pretty clean. Uh, doping wise, doping wise. Yeah. I, think I mean, like, it's not something we should be comparing, right? Yeah, yeah, but I think it's just something that, you know, it it, it brings a new light, right? Like, like back in the eighties and nineties, where you know people didn't treat their bodies well, you know, doing drugs, drinking all the time, going out at late at night. But you know, is that starting to creep in slowly back into the NHL? Possibly, I don't I know, but I don't think it's ever left. To be honest. Yeah, it's just maybe it's more well hidden. You think? I think it's they're still going out there, but the off season they're cleaning it up a bit more, so they're gonna able yeah. to like clean it up. So like for example, like I think in the eighties or whatever, they wouldn't be doing so much off season training per se. Yeah. But now you know they're doing so much and all that. I think that is helping them cover a bit for their tracks back then. Yeah. True. Like right, if if you're if you're busy doing something, then you're not, then you're not doing something stupid, right? If you're being productive yeah. with your time, you're not going to be wasting it doing something stupid, like you know, 
snorting white powder. Taking drugs. It's not, I don't know. I don't, it's not just that, right? There's other drugs I'm sure that people are doing. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, I think let's move oh, on to on. like this week's. Okay, yeah, you want us to add something? Uh, no, I want to move on to how on earth did Patrick Maroon only get a $900,000 contract? Let's hold on that. Like, we'll do like a quick fire of, you know, signings at the end of the show. Okay. Because I'm, 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 really, I'm not angry. I'm just really, really confused. Okay. Well, we have, we have one more thing to talk about before, you know, we move on to that. Okay, so what do you got me in mind? What's up? Well, that's that's the you know the most recent. Um, we we call it a signing, like Bill Guerin. Is that he was appointed GM? Is he? Is he? Or is, oh, Jeffrey, how, talk how about it. What be the happening with Bill with Bill Guerin? Well, I mean, he was recently named the new GM for the Wild. I mean, for some reason. Wikipedia hasn't updated that yet on their list of current NHL general managers. You should be doing that for them. No, how do you do I'm that? Just expecting to be given this information. Go out there and have some initiative. Well, I mean, no, that that there's someone else else out there that can do that for us. But See, I um, haven't. Everyone looks like I'm gonna ask someone else to do it. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> all right, but like, I'm done Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin as, you know, I don't know how I feel about former hockey players. Like, not, I don't know if you can call Bill Guerin a star. I mean, he was like a really, really good player, but there's always a strong complimentary piece, like a Marion Hosa. Yeah, so like a Marion Hosa. Like, I've always found, like, it's hard to say, like, players, like, good players becoming hockey like executives right i've always like i know he's done well in pittsburgh as like an agm he's moved through the ranks so he has experience but i've always been iffy about like you know these players stepping into hockey associate roles like executive roles like i think you you see like the more most successful like hockey executives are players who you never made never made it to the nhl Mm -hmm. and they've somehow been able to you know Carve out a career in coaching, management, scouting, that stuff, right? Like, so I'm I'm a little bit iffy. But what are your, what are your takes with Bill Guerin going to the Wild? I think, and they need this is a good choice. They need someone who's a little bit different, but they needed someone who was, who had the like the they worked their way up, but they needed someone with a different mindset. I and mean, they were stuck at where they were. And mm-hmm. they needed someone like this to move in. I, I, that's all important. Like I think, without um, like it would stay where they are. They would just be in eighth place again, and or ninth place. And they were they were in a cycle. And that was that was the joke everyone made, right? It was just like, oh, <laughs> they're uh, they're gonna be ninth. Watch out! I think that was the joke, was it not? Yeah, I think that's like- where, you know. That's where they were stuck at. I think they needed that new guy to come in. And Bill Guerin, I guess, is a new guy. But, I mean, like, we don't know anything of, of his style, right? He's like an analytics guy or, like, what's going on. And I think, Well, they, they, they were saying that, like, in Pittsburgh, right? Like, he was started heading up kind of, like, their um, analytics department slowly. 
there was okay. thought that like that that's where he was kind of like based. So I think they're moving in that direction. But I think I agree with you. Like they wanted someone, you know, I there's been like a trend to go away from like I don't think Bill Guerin was someone that we were all thinking as being able like moving into the next GM role. I think there were other, you know, your LA oh, I've King. heard, you know, that he was he was a pretty like in demand guy. Like that he was he was apparently pretty good. Yeah, so um I mean I think a big thing for him is just uh, my primary worry is like I know it's it's definitely like a great op- like opportunity for him to, you know, be a GM at the NHL level. I just worry about like the fact that um the guy before him was, you know, fired so quickly, less than a year. Like do do you not worry about your own like um what's it called job security like how long of a leash how long of a leash will bill garen get i think as long as he doesn't start he isn't ninth i think it's okay and then he comes in like near like 11 or 12 or he is like fourth or fifth in the conference that's what he just can't be ninth he has to show that he's a little bit different like he's not just doing the same old you know so they finish like, like what, huh like what 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 do you mean like if he finishes i think like you're, you're saying more like if he shows the owner or like, like so the if, team, he, if he you know, finishes like, like direction yeah like there's if a he, direction if he calls and he's like oh yeah he's rebuilding right yeah. so if they're like you know fourth or fifth oh you know they're a good playoff team like he has to show that, hey, we're not still, like, just that middle pack kind of, like, hanging out around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So as long as he shows that he's not the same old, I think that he'll be fine. He'll be able to to maintain his job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like, that's a, like, do you think, like, if you're, Bill, if you're in Bill Guerin's shoes right now and you have this roster that you have laid in front of you, by Paul Fenton, and you have those prospects in your in in Iowa and all the other non all your other prospects. What direction do you go in? You go in the rebuilding one, I think. Yeah, rebuild. Yeah, you know you're a bit older. You could also, you know, kind of have the. You can kind of have the what's it called? You can leave your mark on the team. Yeah. And I think I think he kind of needs to leave his mark on the team. Um, you know, team's not getting team's not that young. Right? They're a little, little bit older. I feel like mm-hmm. you might you might as well just you know leave it out a little and just have everyone just rebuild. That's what I'm saying. And it's probably the best word. You just rebuild yeah. and start new. And I think he does have a leash to do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I do agree, like, like definitely you could kind of see what Paul Fenton was trying to, like, kind of retool at the trade deadline. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to think – I don't not think retooling is something you can do. Yeah, not very successful. And you're allowed to – you're allowed to rebuild but not retool. Does that make sense? Yeah. But what are you going to do with guys like Ryan Suter and Zach Rize, who still have six years left on their contract at – what? Like one of those old contracts from before the last CBA, like you know, yeah, the fifteen-year contracts. I know, yeah. um, that's the hard part, right? Like, what, what, 
like how, do you keep them around wait until they retire and just I think I think you keep them around I think they do bring value mm-hmm. but on a rebuilding team is it worth having I over think, I 15 think... million of your cap 50 million dollars of your cap space tied to two players who are going to be over 35 by the end of next season I think as long as they're not preventing the young guys from getting playing time, mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Yeah, okay. That, the that's... issue is when it's preventing players from developing. That's when you're like, ah, I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea. But if you're not preventing them from developing, there's no. I don't think there's a harm. Let's go with that. True. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, like, I do, like, like, I don't know, like, every year, well, not not every year, but, you know, a couple years back, I always remember watching the juniors who were saying, like, oh, this prospect, he was a Minnesota prospect. This guy's also a wild prospect, right? So, like, you know, they've got some interesting names, at, at like, in their forward prospect group, like Erickson, Erickson Eck, Donato, Fiala, Greenway, Coonan. Stern. Fiala. Who did they trade for Fiala? Um, Mikael Granlin. Right, okay. Yeah, and like, I think they still got that guy, Cap, Cap- the guy who's still over in um the KHL. What's his name? Kirill Kaprizov? Kaprizov, yeah. Yeah, like he, he, I mean, they still have his rights. They just got to bring him over, but like, they've got an interesting bunch of forwards. So I think, you know, they, they, they're starting to get those getting those players ready, you know. They've also got, they just drafted Matthew Boldy as well, who's, you know. But yeah, my point is, like, you know, if players aren't losing, like, playing time mm-hmm. because of them, I mean, you know, it is positive, like, leadership in the room, right? Especially when you're doing a young team, you know, they may not have a lot of leaders. You know, a guy, like, they look up to him, maybe like Ryan Suter, right? Like, that doesn't, that's not a bad thing. I don't think that's a big thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I for think. me, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I, like, a, it's probably going to be very, very hard to move those contracts. So you might just be stuck with it. Like, you might just have to mark off. You know, over fifty million of my cap space is going to just be in Parisi and Suter until they retire, and then however much money is going to be my recapture penalty later when they retire before the contract ends. Yada yada yada, and then I will. Yeah. Then I'll try, you know, rebuild that team. So, I, I yeah, rebuild probably the best best way. But I don't think they can start really contending again until, really, until like Parise's and Suter's contracts are off the books. Like, mm-hmm. I think once either they've retired or you know, they miraculously play until the end of their contracts. I don't think the while they're anywhere closer to contending but i do agree with you i think garen's going to get along with each i think if he rebuilds the right way you know i think it could be very interesting and it's definitely going to be an interesting i think first season especially if you know you've got your captain retiring Corey, like we're well, not retiring but he's got one year left on his contract finding a new home for jared spurgeon i think how he does in that trade or, okay, but there's definitely value. Jared Spurgeon definitely has value. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't think that's. I don't think it's too hard to get a, to get a taker. I know, but like, 
like how well he does in that. I think he'll like you'll probably find like a good trade, but like how well he does in that trade, I think is gonna be very interesting to see. Yeah. And I mean, Devin Dunmix got two more years left, so I mean, do you use him as like a trade deadline guy, or do you use him as you know trade him now at this trade deadline so you know he gives the team year and a half, but of like help. So like I I think it's gonna be interesting. I think Bill Guerin's definitely got. A lot of work for him, to, a, lot, a lot of work to do in Minnesota. But you know, he's a tenacious guy when he played, and I think he'll work hard at it. And uh, hopefully, you know, bring the Wild away from their. They've all, they've just been a middling team. They've been like one of those teams that you know can never draft at the bottom, but they can never you know, like, like make it far in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like I think at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna look this up. I don't think, like, besides you know, like their first ever pick of Miriam Gabrick, like, when how what's like the lowest they've ever drafted? I'm just gonna look that up. I feel like there's probably a few in there, but like, yeah, they've been in the middle of the pack for like the longest time, right? Yeah, like Miriam Gabrick was a third overall. Koivu was a yeah. six, and uh. Pierre Marc Bouchard was an eighth overall. Then it was Brent Burns. They drafted twelfth. They drafted Bent Watt Pouliot fourth. James Shepard at right. ninth. Colton Gillies at sixteen. Tyler Kuma at twenty three. Nick Letty at sixteen. Mikael Granlin at nine. Jonas Brodin at ten. Matthew Dumba at seven. Alex Tuck at 18, Joel Erickson at 20, Luke Kunin at 15, Philippe Johansson at 24, Matthew Boldy at... So yeah, like literally, they haven't had... They've had two top five picks, I think, in their entire, like, franchise, right? Marion Gabrick in the first year, and then Benoit Pouliot a couple years later. So like yeah, they're they're kind of like that exact team that you know can never reach the top and also can never reach the bottom. Well, that's my point though, right? Mm-hmm. So like, okay, where do you think? Where do you think the Wild go from here? Well, I, I think I gotta agree with you. Like they've got a rebuild, but it's gonna be rough with those two contracts they sell in the books. I think they gotta see what I. Th- the thing is, like now that you have Garen at the helm, right? Like. He doesn't have that attachment to Donato and like Fiala players that Fenton traded for, right? So mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't. He might not give them the chance as much as all. I think he has to like reassess all these players first, all the prospects that he has, which ones are going to be the ones he's going to take with him the next time the Wild contend, and which ones they can you know let go, use them as trade bait, whatnot. But I think. Like, is Matt Dumba ever going to be on that the next contending wild team? I mean, that's... I think he'll be, like, near the end of his prime by then. Yeah. So, like, do you go for, like, a full-on, like, rebuild, like how baseball does it, where they fully just tear everything down and then restart from the very beginning? Or does he, you know, keep adding, like, young 20 players, see if any of them fit, and then, you know... Try to build a team that way. 
that only goes so far. Right? The patience only goes so far. That like you're trying to hit you you're trying to hit jackpots here, and like yeah, you know, there's a reason why the 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 housewives wins at a casino, right? Yeah, and I think the first two years, I think you you might not see the full rebuild just then, but I think the 2021-2022 season is going to be a big either like they're going to have a lot of contracts going off to, coming off the books. Either they use that cap space to help out teams at the expansion draft or, you know, they just consolidate as many picks as they can and then start mm-hmm. to rebuild from there. So maybe like the next two years, you know, they might be middling slash bad, but they won't like hit rock bottom just yet, I think. So I think Wild fans still have a ways to go. Okay, so what's next? Uh, well, I think last, well, you know, it's we're about you know thirty five, forty minutes, kind of around yeah. there. You know, I think it's a Sunday night. Let's let's just do a quick, you know, quick fire on a couple of people who just signed. I know you want to go to Pat yeah. Maroon, so why don't we first start off with Pat Maroon? What's your knee jerk, knee jerk reaction to the Pat Maroon signing? Nine hundred thousand. What? That was my first reaction. Literally went nine nine hundred thousand. Like, how on earth did did he get? You know, he played well. He's definitely worth more than that. It's definitely a I want another ring move. You know, that's why I signed a one year deal. But I think he was. I think he did better. Right? You know, I think it was twenty eight points. I get it. He scored ten goals, eighteen assists, twenty eight points. But Twenty-eight points in the NHL these days go for a lot more than nine hundred thousand. You know, a third-line guy probably could pull in a double that. Yeah, and well, my knee-jerk reaction wasn't nine hundred thousand. My knee-jerk reaction was Tampa. Like I had made a big case for Pat Maroon to just resign in St. Louis with his family, and I would think St. Louis would give him a you know, like he would sign a team-friendly deal to stay with. St. Louis, if he signed for, if he got, you know, a little bit term, a little bit of term. So my biggest thing was, how did Tampa just come in and swoop in and take Pat Maroon away from his home in St. Louis? You know, I think I can see it happening because, you know, they're both cup contenders, and I think he wants to win a cup. Um, you know, on the East, if he wants to go, if he wants to win a cup in the East, that's a pretty, that's pretty. Like good spot to land, mm-hmm. but I thought he could do more than hundred thousand. And I mean, if his main goal is just to win the cup, like money isn't a big deal for him. I get it. You know, it's like, you know, I'll sac- sacrifice that little bit, and it's you need guys who sacrifice this little bit to win the cup, mm-hmm. right? That guy, you need guys that are undervalued for their contract. Sorry, let's put it that way. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think, yeah. Yeah, that's think, my first reaction. I was just, I was just like, like I'm not gonna rant today. I think I'm uh, a little too tired to rant today. Mm-hmm. But I just went, wait, what? That's it? Like, let's be honest. A fourth line guy gets probably gets paid more than nine hundred thousand these days in the NHL, right? Nine hundred thousand usually look guys who are like, kind of like a that flip between the NHL and AHL, like a two way deal at like maybe one hundred fifty thousand in the AHL. That's the type of guy who gets a nine hundred thousand dollar deal at the day nowadays right mm-hmm. you know players like at his at his level don't go for nine hundred thousand anymore so I, for me that was just my big thing i was just like 
That doesn't seem right. How much does his age play into that contract? Not at all, I'm thinking. Being 31, do you feel like maybe he, that's why he didn't, well, maybe at this point, the reason like why the he didn't get NHL, 31, it doesn't mean anything, right? I think at the current NHL, 32 is when you're just like, eh, maybe this is your last, uh, this is like your last big deal. Yeah. At 31, I, that's just still, in my books at least, just still on our prime. I get it. The way he plays, it very, it regresses very quickly. Mm-hmm. But I think at a one-year deal, you you can take some risks, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, uh, uh, for me, I was just like, this does makes makes no sense. Okay. I think that's a pretty you know I think that's a pretty general reaction. I think most people had the same you know reaction to you and Pat Maroon sign. Um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, We'll do three in a row here because they all signed on the same team. Derek Broussard, Michael Del Cole, and Joshua Jose. The Broussard signed a one-year, $1.2 million deal. Um, Michael Del Cole signed a two-year, 700000 And Joshua Jose signed for one year at 874125 And lots of other numbers after that. And a couple cents maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no, that that's all fine for me. Um, Del Cole, you know, came out, started playing in the NHL a little bit, and he did well when he was in the NHL, but, you know, kind of has, you know, stabled out a little bit. So he's the type of guy I kind of expect, you know, 900,000. That's the type of guy who I expect from 900,000. Are, are you talking about the age. same Michael Del Cole as I am? Like the guy who's played 32 games in his entire NHL career and has seven points? Yeah, I mean, like, he's, he's so st- young. Huh? He's stabled out. He's, like... I think, sorry, he's stable in the sense, like, we kind of have a better idea what he's going to be. You know, when he was drafted, you they oh, he's going to be like a, you know, first-line type of guy. Mm, maybe not. Right? Maybe we're thinking more of a second, third-line guy. We have, a, we have a clearer idea. Maybe not stable down to it. We have a clearer idea of what he's going to be. He's like, last year, you know, he played well last year in the AHL, right? You know, 34 points in 34 games. It's great. Um, this year, you know, he's going to probably be a fourth-line type of guy. But, like, 700000 that's a pretty good deal. But at the same time, like we kind of have a clearer idea of what he's going to be, right? Um, I'm okay with that. I think that's a pretty team friendly deal, knowing it's a two year deal. But I get, I get why he took a two year deal instead, right? Is it worrisome that's- at all that of all the player first round draft picks in 2014 that Michael Delcall, who was drafted fifth overall, has the second least amount of NHL games played out of all? No, because for me, that 2014 draft was really, really deep. Right, like, really. Well, okay. So, the guy who was a fifth, fifth least amount of games played in the NHL, Joshua Jose. See, that's different, right? Like, so, okay. So, let me go back to your point first. Before, so like, sure, he has the least amount of, he has the second least amount of games, right, in the first round. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I think, is the second least amount of games? I think there's a few more. But no, 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 no. It's like it's literally like the. I think the one person who has less is Connor Bleakley, and it's like thirty-two. I want to say John Quinville. John Quinville has more. Has more. Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm okay with that. I think to be honest, he's developing, right? We're not looking like at age thirty-three or when the careers are over. Like it was a very deep draft. You look at it, right? Like not. It's very rare. 
that all the players play in the first round in the NHL and play for Lunkers. I think that, that's I mean, this is an anomaly to be honest. Like always, you hear a guy who drafted late who hasn't like debuted yet. Like even if you look at it, there's a whole bunch of guys in here. I I would think that Michael Delco has a higher ceiling than of two. Right? Yeah, guys like like ceiling wise, I think maybe a guy like. Jared McCann has a higher floor but lower ceiling than Michael Dalcole. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I think maybe a guy like Nick Schmaltz has a lower ceiling but a higher floor as well. Right? Like, Nikita Sherbach, I think, has a much lower ceiling than Michael Dalcole. But he's played more just because of the need of the team. Yeah. And, well, my, I think my primary worry was that it was a two year, one way deal. And if you look at the well, on cap but friendly, it's a, but right? it's a one way deal that's variable. No, but like the fact that you have to go through waivers. Yes, but at the end of the day, like, if he has to be doing that poorly, where he can't even play fourth line as a twenty three year old, right? Well, that's when like a team like Ottawa or Minnesota would just come in and take a chance on a young guy if or, like rebuilding like a like a fifth but, overall. But I'm pick. sure exactly Lou Lemro understands that, you know. Yeah, and like there's definitely players that he can bury, right? Like Tom Kunackel, Tanner Fritz. I think those are guys that you're okay with losing. Yeah. I mean it does say that fifteen forwards on cap friendly, but I think there's a couple that you can get through. Matt Martin you can probably send down without a problem. Might have to eat a little bit of cap with that, so so yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, I think it, it's okay. I mean, I'm okay with that being a one-way deal. I think he's proved himself to earn a one-way deal. Yeah, I think next year he'll probably be in around the 25, 30 point range. And a 24 year old, it's okay. I'm okay with that. I think it's overblown because where he was drafted. Mm-hmm. I and it was in a unusually deep draft, so I'm okay with that. At the end of the day, I think I, I'm okay with that. I think. You know, seven hundred thousand. If you lose him, like before, they're not going to lose him to waivers. I think he'll get traded to a team like the Sanders before that happens. Probably, yeah. So okay. I, I'm, I'm okay, okay with that. I'm uh, yeah, I'm okay. Josh was saying it the way. On the other hand, <sighs> I think emotionally, and not emotionally, I think maturity wise, as long as he continues developing. I don't see it as an issue. You know, I think last year he's he learned to develop. A, I think he matured a little bit more. And that's helped. And I think that and as long as he continues to realize he has to continue maturing, it's okay. I think the thing that Josh was saying is that I've always wondered. He's kind of like... He's kind of like Brad Marchand. He has Brad Marchand's flair without Brad Marchand's skill. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think he has a very he's a very emotional player. He's a lot of charisma, and I think that's okay as long as you're a good you're a good player. I'm not saying Josh Stein is bad, but I think he's not as good. But he's got the same amount of charisma, and for a okay. league that really doesn't that really prides itself on uniformity. That's an issue. But you have guys like Brad Marchand who are charismatic and are really good, so it's tolerated. Mm-hmm. But since he's not as good, there's less tolerance. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I think for sure, like, I think it's a one-year prove-it deal. Like, if he doesn't do it, they're just going to cut their losses type of thing. I think especially with Lou Lamorello at the helm because next year he goes into arbitration, right? So you're going to have to, if you're going to have to, you know, what's it called? Tender a qualifying offer, right? He's going to be up to, like, almost a million and do, like, could probably go to arbitration or whatnot. Like, I think it's a one-year prove-it deal. Are you mature enough to play? And if he's not, Lou Lamorello will just cut him, right? And then I think it's, how do I put it? I think he got off on the wrong foot. I think at the end of the day, I think his charisma and his attitude may have negatively affected his career. Um, I think, especially with a guy like Lou Lamorell, who really has no no nonsense of a guy, I think it doesn't fly as well, right? So he had to he had a higher bar to meet than other players, and unfortunately, he hasn't met that bar. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think that's the okay, issue yeah. with a guy like Joshua thing. Yeah, for sure. And um, okay, we'll go to the the third guy. Uh, I like this deal, the Derek Broussard for one year at one point two. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a great deal. I think you're also bringing in like a, a veteran player who can, you know, who's pretty good on faceoffs. At the end of the day, you can't, you, you can never have enough of these guys. And one point two, I mean, like. It's a great deal money-wise. I get it. Last year, didn't play so hot. <laughs> I get it. No. He played 80 games, 24 points. But at $1.2 million, this is what the, that's, what the, that's what the price goes for nowadays, right? But the thing for me is this further proves my point of how good of a deal Patrick Maroon's deal is. I know he's a center, so he should be paid a bit more. But at one point two million, and we're, me and Jeffrey are just like, oh, it's a pretty solid deal for three hundred thousand less. You're getting Patrick Maroon. For so for me, that's just like let me just explain to you how great of a deal this is for Patrick Maroon. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going back to Patrick Maroon, but that's my point, Jeffrey. Yeah, like I mean. I feel like Derek Broussard is kind of like, well, I mean, like getting closer to the end of the off season, right? You're not going to see really anything over two billion most of the time. Like these people are just. Well, I mean, don't forget the RFAs. Those guys are not over two million. <laughs> yeah, but you know, okay, you know, like the the regular. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know. Right, and like honestly, I think he's going to be he's going to be like put in a similar mold as Valtteri Filipula last year. Mm-hmm. You know, gave him a chance to, you know, redevelop. Like, you know, what's it called? Like, restart his career kind of thing. Like, just give it, like, a little jump start. A little reboot. So wanna, yeah, reboot, yeah. So, I want to say um, it's a great deal. If it, if it works out, it works out, right? If it doesn't work out, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, if it doesn't find... work out, it's $1.2 million, right? It's a one-year deal. Yeah. I mean, yes, they have a lot of depth at Ford, but I think – you're right. You can never have too much, and especially for a guy who once scored sixty points. Yeah, I don't think I would expect him to score sixty points, right? No, but I mean the fact that you know he has that possible like offensive, like he has that offensive touch, and maybe he just needs, you know, to settle down and in an actual on like a team, you know, in a good environment. And if the Islanders, I don't know if the Islanders are the best team to provide him with like a. 
comforting and stable environment. But if they do, I mean, I think that's a win for him, right? So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that one. Yeah, and like it's it's kind of interesting to see like how his trade value has like slowly depreciated. Like, yeah, he was in the Miri Gabrick deal as the main piece. He was in the Mike because it's been a jab as the main piece. He was in the. Then he became part of the Ryan Reeves and like that deal and whatnot. Then he became the Bukestag and the McCann, and then he was traded for a third. And now he's signing for 1.2. So, I mean, like, his career, his value as a player has dropped off considerably, but I think he has a good chance of, you know, increasing his value, and hopefully, you know, he's not having to sell for these 1.2 million year deals mm-hmm. next summer. Uh, yeah, I think for me, under this is just like a, you know, they're, hey, Depth piece type of deal. Let's say, you know, we're hitting the dog days of summer. We're kind of like, depth piece. And the thing is, we have so many amazing free agents that are unsigned, right? But they're all RFAs and they're all waiting for Mitch Marner and Paul Marner. Well, I mean, the world's basically waiting for Paul Marner. Let's be honest here. Like, I'm not going to go on a rant again because I'm tired, but like, can, okay, Paul. Your son's great, but don't act like he's, you know, like Wayne Gretzky, like plus Michael Jordan, plus, I don't know, someone else, plus Babe Ruth, all mixed in one hockey hockey god, okay? He's not even the best winger in the NHL right now. He's not worth $11 million. Just calm down. Well, there was one guy who decided not to wait, wait on Paul Marner. Uh, I mean, he's not in the same vein. Yeah, I no, that's the right, right word to use. Not the same vein. But Colin White signs for six years at 4.75 per. Would, I guess you could call him the first substantial. Not substantial, but like the first, like, you know. I'm surprised. I'm surprised long. he's going to sign for six years, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. That. that that's a little bit long for me too, but I think that bring that buys off only like one of his UFA years, or or that takes him straight to UFA type of thing. So, I mean, like at least he'll like he's not buying too many of his prime years away from being able to leave Ottawa. But I think you know Colin White, he he's a good player for sure. I think if he continues growing like at the rate that he's going, four point seven five is going to look it like is, a steal. But at the it same time, reminds- okay, what if? What if he really likes playing in Ottawa and he knows he has to put in a deal like that to remain in Ottawa? He puts him on it at a fair value. Eugene will go, what is this? I'm not ripping off anyone. We can't have that. Well, well this deal kind of reminds me of the Kadri deal, right? Yeah. Like- but at the same time, Kadri had a so lot of like a young center. Kadri didn't have like issues per se, but like Kadri had a very had, you know, we weren't sure what Kadri was gonna be. Yeah, but I feel like with Colin White, like you kind of know what he 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 can be, like a top six yeah. guy. I think is probably where where he's gonna end up. But signing him for six years, like in a couple of years, four point seven five is gonna look yeah. like nothing, and right? Especially when 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 these RFAs finally sign, 
You're going to say 4.75. Yeah, like there's that. that. And I think at the end of the day, I'm surprised that he, they, like, they bought a year of his UFA. Well, it might be more than a year. Wait, he's 22. He turns 23 at the end of the season. 24, 25, 25. Yeah, okay, yeah, one year. But there's also, I just, I'm looking at Cat Friendly. What if Eugene Melnick trades him in his last year? Because that way he doesn't have to pay him $6.25 million. <laughs> Which is, you know, a lot of money over his cap hit. You know, the first two years, he's only paying him $4 million. So maybe he trades him in the last season where Wouldn't you surprise know, a me. team that's richer. No? Can we, do, we, do we say like in, in 2024, 2025, Colin White gets traded? I think he gets traded beforehand. You know, I, I have belief in the Suns, and I think he plays to the end of his contract, and then he leaves. But I, I like the deal. It's I think he gets traded beforehand it, because it really I think 4.75 gets a little too rich. Too rich for him? Not for him. Oh, for, for, for you know yeah. who? Okay, okay, I see. But, you know, I, I, I like the deal. I think it's it's good to see Ottawa, you know, kind of start making commitments. I mean, they've got Shabbat. Still, they got to extend. Kachuk is going to come out one day. Really, I think those are the three main pieces at this point. Everyone else is kind of like, they're still not 100% sure of who they are. And then it'll be interesting to see what the next... Sends team like a contending sends team is going to look like. So, you know, I, I think it's a step in the right direction for the senders. I know we give them a lot of grief on this podcast, especially Olsen. I feel like every episode oh, we yeah, mention I, them I at least once on them so in often. a negative way. Yep. Yeah. So, you know what? I think it, it we're, we're, it's, it's nice to see them call them, like them make like a positive transaction. You want, you want to hear my hot take? Okay. Well, What's your hot take? I think our podcast is better run than the fucking Sanders. Is that a hot take or what? And we're poorly I think it's run, a hot take be because we are very poorly run because someone always forgets to, you know, tweet about it. Uh, we always... let, me te- let me text you what Jeffrey texted me today. Okay. I texted him. I'm like, give me 10 minutes for the podcast. And he texted me back. Oh, shit. I almost forgot. <laughs> Okay, let, let, <laughs> you know, sometimes people have work, and when they come home from work, especially after having to work, like, overtime, you know. Let me let me read you the next text I got from Jeffrey. Okay, yeah, I have time to record. Let me shower. And then, what does Alston say? What does Alston say? I say, I need to go take a shower, and I have some technical issues. My point is, we're very poorly run, and I think we're better on those senders. I, we... Okay, we don't have any giveaways right now, okay? But if we did, and let's say we gave away gift cards, I would remember to load the gift cards before I gave them away. Is it activate them? Don't you act? You don't, yeah, you don't buy The Sens forgot to activate their gift cards. Oh, God. Oh, no, I, think I have a full list of the stuff they've done, but like, have you, okay. They had they gave away one more. I'll give you one more, right? Just for the sh- for the shits and giggles. So they had uh, onesies mm-hmm. uh, that were like giveaways. Yeah. So it's for babies, right? Or or for regular onesies. size. People? So it's a baby onesie, sorry, the baby onesie. Okay. Yeah. It was a choking hazard. 
That to recall because it was a choking hazard. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think it's gonna be up to our listeners to think how we're if we're poorly run. I think we're we, we we're, we're we're trying to take steps in the right direction. I think for our viewers, you know, we're working on trying to be you know recording. We we try to record every weekend, right? And you know, sometimes it ends up being <sighs> Sunday, very late at night, where we're both tired and have to work again tomorrow morning. So. Unfortunately, you might not be hearing this episode until Monday evening. <laughs> no, I mean Tuesday when I remember tweeting. Okay, so if you're listening to this, <laughs> happy Tuesday, probably. But uh, yeah. Let's do happy Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So when it's Tuesday, it's like, wow, look at these guys. <laughs> okay. Maybe we just need to start off our like our episodes just thinking, telling people that we've recorded it on the day that we actually posted. Or even that's a stretch. I, I think. I, at the end of the day, I, I think I think we're pretty well run. Yeah, and you know what? Next weekend, next week, we're going to be you know super prepared. We're going to have you know we're doing it uh one of our quote unquote live podcasts where we actually aren't you know however many hours away we are or distance. <laughs> that's what Jeffrey thinks. Oh my god. But anyway, <laughs> we have a surprise for you guys next week. You'll hear it in the first moment, like the first second or first minute of the podcast. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's been a good run. Like we've done 24 episodes, kind of like starting in the middle of the season. And, you know, we're coming up on our first technical NHL season next week. So, you know, I, I, I so, want to say like this is the end of season zero. Would you agree, Austin? No, I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's talking about. You know, I am excited for what surprise Jeffrey has next week. Okay, well, maybe it would just be me starting the podcast and not Olsen doing his like what player war number twenty five thing again. So Jeffrey, what's your favorite player on that war number seven hundred and fifty three? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, yeah. see, like it's gonna get. To that I'll just go from if we if we get to, if we get to that point, then. You know, I'll be very happy that we made it to episode 700. I think if we get to episode 753, I'd hope we have some uh, some sponsors or something. Yeah, well, I mean, I also hope that, you know... I, well, if we're still doing this, then we must have no life, I think. 752 weeks a year, so it would be like, what, like... That's... 14 th- years th- from now? Yeah, 14 years from now. <laughs> Minimum, yeah. Oh, if we're still doing this after 14 years, you know, I think hopefully, you know, we'll be better managed. Uh, I'm, at, I'm 38 and I'm doing this. I don't know. Maybe we'll be finally pretty organized by then. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But, you know, so, yeah, Austin? Just uh, some, I don't know, it's a breaking news, but. It's not breaking news when people hear this on Tuesday. Donald Brashear has been charged with possession of cocaine and criminal mischief. Did he do that at an IHF event? No, he's not getting... He's not getting suspended for He's a former NHL. I know, I know, I know. I don't know. I I just just happened to just... Well, I just happened to browse, peruse on Reddit. Did you see that post I sent you about the guy who just tried to sneak cocaine into that uh, the Braves game in his cowboy boot? 
<sighs> Do you know what screams America more than that? You're at a baseball game wearing cowboy boots, trying to smoke, trying to trying to get your drugs in. Like, the first off, like you know, you're going through a metal detector. If you're gonna, s- s- I mean, if you're gonna smuggle a- anything. Don't put it. There's no metal. Yeah. Yeah. But with the fact that you hit it in some way, like in an area where there was metal, they're going to look, right? Like, if you're going to try to, even like you're trying to smuggle, like. Your cowboy boot doesn't have to have uh, spurs on him. There's no saying he's wearing spurs. There's no metal. Yeah. I don't know how it set off the alarm, but, you know, somehow it did and you got caught. You know, that's. Okay. But my thing is, like, what was he, like, does he get for suspended this for four for years this, from going to the for Braves? For this to be complete for me, for this to be complete for me, um, when he gets arrested, he has to yell, "Why can't I do this? This is you're infringing on my freedoms." I think, and then peak America for me. I think. I think he should get suspended for four years from the stadium. I'm pretty sure the dude but, probably uh, got gets, fired, but he could still go to any other stadium that. Uh, any other stadium, any, any other MLB stadium, he just couldn't can't go to the Braves stadium. I'm pretty sure he just get if he he gets sent to the penitentiaries. I think he just get. I think that's just a suspension from life. <laughs> Probably, basically. All right. Anyway, I think you know that's the end of our episode. I kind of want to call it. This is the end of season zero. I don't know if Austin agrees, but you know, I'm excited for next week. You know. Labor Day. I'd just like to announce that after the end of season zero, I'm retiring. And then you're coming back, like Cole Chuck. Yep. Am I coming back? We don't know. Maybe I'll join another podcast for a season and come back. Okay. Well, well, hopefully our listeners hear us. Actually, next no, week. there's actually one more thing I want to talk about. There's one more thing I want to talk about. Okay. Okay. Did you see? Did you see the tweet from the Zurich Alliance? Something about Austin Matthews, right? No. So Austin Matthews did play there prior to joining the NHL. Yeah. Mitch Marner's European agent asked if he could practice with the team. Mm-hmm. While he's holding out. Okay. What are your thoughts? Oh, I was waiting for a punchline. I thought, yeah, there was that post like four, like what was it, like two or three years ago, Matthews was like, what's it called, like, they, they was, I saw that. I saw the Twitter post about it, but I think it's just you know it's a negotiating move. Nothing more to talk about, really. Just a negotiating move. So I think like, are you, are you if you're leased? I guess you are. So it's like, are you panicking, being like, hey, so like, what's the end game here? Like, why do you practice? Like, no one. Ex- I don't think anyone expects him to sign and play with the team. Right? That's that's not happening. But I mean. That's not a good sign. Well, if you're I mean, Marner, they're expecting that he's like not going to be able to start the season with them. Yeah, well, if you're Marner, are you really going to go to Switzerland just to practice? I mean, like in a team setting, an organization. Yeah, but wouldn't you rather like do something closer to home? Maybe. maybe. What can he do in a team setting? You know, he can't, he's not going to practice with, with like. Like, I don't know, but, it, like, the Federal Hockey League or whatever Hockey League are still out there. Yeah, right? I, yeah I, I get what you mean, but I just think it's a stretch to see him going all the way over to Switzerland just to, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he knows the quality that ha- that comes with the team, right? Like, mm-hmm. he know- he's buddies with Austin. 
and I'm sure Austin's like, oh yeah, you know, it's a good like training system over there. Yeah, right. But it'd be better if you're here playing for in Toronto. Of course, he's better, but then it's also I guess it probably is a negotiation tactic. But like, I don't know. I think it's okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's just news. It's you know, dog days, summer. It's just random news. I think one more signing I want to talk about too, actually. Okay. Jim Benning. Oh, and there's one more thing. Sorry, there's one more thing I also want to talk about after this too. But oh. one, that one was really short. But like, oh my god, Jim Benning. Jim Benning. Okay. What do you want to talk about, Jim Benning? I know you signed three-year extension. I don't know. I think the first couple of years he was a pretty pretty big meme, mm-hmm. and then. I think I think my thoughts on Jim Benning is that he's great for a rebuilding team. I think he's a great team for a rebuilding team. I don't know if it's for a for a playoff team. I think he's great at the draft table. Everything else, no. Yeah, it's like a rebuilding team. No, but rebuilding team still needs to be able to make trades, and I don't think but a rebuilding team. I think a rebuilding team is okay with bad contracts, right? But giving up first round picks. <laughs> I guess. See, like, like I think he's made I, some really good draft, like draft picks. Yeah. Signing wise, really not as strong suit. If he was your director of scouting or your AGM, just in charge of just you know drafting and developing players, perfect. But as a GM, where you also have to make trades and you know sign free agent signings, I think I put him. I, I try to keep him away from the, the draft table. picks. I'm not that concerned because. Yeah. If you can find gems and diamonds in the rough, then you don't always need your first round pick, right? Yeah. Obviously, you know, it is like a it's a lottery, right? The end day, a lot of the times. And having a higher pick gives you a higher lottery chance. But I think his skill does compensate a little bit. But I still don't think he's a, he's a great trader. I just think he's below average. That makes sense. I think mean, signings, he is Terrible. Yeah. So I I think it's a lot of it's. I mean, three year extension. That's a lot of, you know, what's it called? Not not not. That's um. I'm losing track of words. It's late. Um, okay, the last one has that many words. It's it's something else. It's very, it's, uh, very it's like they're putting a lot of trust into Jim Benning to lead the next next contending team. I don't know if he'll survive the end of his extent to the end of his extension. But um, there's I mean, we don't know. Like you're gonna see like Anaheim and LA are starting to rebuild. So maybe there's a higher chance that he makes it. It like the Canucks just sneak into the playoffs. So maybe it'll look like mm-hmm. he has success, but. I think, in the end, uh, I don't think he's going to make it to the end of his extension. Okay. Uh, and the last one. How fire are Aaron Dell's new pads? Well, the thing is, like... Oh, my God. You don't like them. What the fuck is wrong with you? No, I, I like them. I just think, like, when you're thinking... If you're going to put, like... If you're going to put a... Not not picture, but like you got a logo of a shark that's split between your two pads. But when you're in the butterfly position, does that look cool or not? I don't know. They, I think they looks super fucking dope because it's like kind of like the shark's mouth is opening, right? 
Yeah, but it only looks dope if you know he's standing at the at his like standing. Yeah, but when you're on butterfly, you really don't give a shit if it looks dope or not, right? But that's you but you're, you're you butterfly most of the game, so you want to look you need dope to look when the you're dopest when you're skating out there, right? That's when you're t- you're getting hype. Well, when not when, if you're taking strides and goalie pads, you're 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 not gonna see like the shark. Okay, so who has who has cooler pads? Well, I mean, like at the same time, I'm not saying that you should have a logo on each pad because that just looks even uglier. But like, yeah. So, so who has even who has better pads than Aaron Dell in the league? I don't think anyone does. How about those Mark Andre Fleury Pittsburgh Penguins yellow, like those bright yellow pads? Okay, they're bright yellow, and that's all I need to say. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know his goalie pads. I think they just there's so many scuff marks by the end of the season. Like, and it's black, so it's okay. Yeah, but he only he only gets to wear that like when they're at home. I think. Like no, they I look ugly. He, I, think he wear, I think they look I think ugly. He with, any, at all times. Really, I think they look ugly with a white jersey. Probably. Like <sighs> it, it, it looks sick in the home alternate jerseys for San Jose. Yeah. But I don't know. And also, weren't they trying to trade him too? Yeah, my thing is now you can't trade him, right? Now it just like ruins the thing. If we, <laughs> like, well, like yeah, it's hilarious when you see like goalies that get traded and they don't have a mask or pads. Well, yeah, yet, he's so gonna get new pads if he do that, right? Yeah, so maybe maybe that's just his way. You know, he posts on Instagrams or like, or Twitter where he posts it, so that you know now the Sharks can't trade him because everyone's so hyped up about his pads that if they trade him, you know, they'll get a lot of public backlash. Yeah, like. Maybe like you definitely can't trade him now. Like, kind of, kind of ruins everything. But yeah. I think, like, the logo thing is it's other players do it. Right? Like Henrik Lundqvist has it. Uh, Andy Ranta kind of has it too. Like, I'm okay with it. I think it's a really good look, and the shark is a good one to use. Yeah, and I, you know what? He's got one more year left. I think, you know. I mean, cool. new pads doesn't matter. Right? These guys sponsor really don't really care, right? Yeah, but, you game. know, but yeah, they they look they look cool. I'll give you that. They look All cool. Right. All right, I am. Okay. We're tired. I think this is a good place to end it. Yeah, you know, end of season zero. I want to just say that, and uh, we That's can't okay. wait to have our first episode of season one next week. Uh, okay. You have anything? Yeah, you have any final things to say? Maybe this could be the last time if you retire, you know, the last time you'll ever get to talk to our listeners. you have any final thoughts? I want to thank my friends, my family, um, you know, my coach put in great support for me. Um, I wouldn't do that without especially my teammates, you know, to put the pucks in deep. Um, you know, we work out there every morning out there. Hey, you know, when the bag, bag of pucks drops, you know, we're going to start and we're going to get those pucks in deep. We're going to back check hard and, uh, you know, we're going to fork check even harder. Um, but you know, sometimes the pucks don't go our way, but, uh, at the end of the day, you know, when the bags of pucks drops, uh, you know, we're going to go get it. Jeffrey. <laughs> All right. I think that's a perfect way to end it. We'll see you. For, we'll talk to you guys next week. All righty. The bag of pucks podcast. Follow us at BOP underscore pod for more random hockey news.